Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting. How you doing tonight, Elliot? Well, I have officially been on a hunt. I feel like I was the last person in the Flyways Collective to do so, <laughs> but I have been on a hunt. <laughs> I'm doing awesome. good. Awesome. Yeah, we've be- both definitely been out on the hunts. Um, uh, season is in full swing, so we're definitely pumped about that. But before we jump right into the podcast, um, let's give a big shout out to our partners for the podcast. Um, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Boss Shot Shell. Um, Elliot, what's your go-to shell for Boss Shot Shell? Um, I am most excited about the fives. Um, I, um, I'm going to be shooting fives for mallards. Um, either two and a half inch or three inch doesn't really matter to me, but I've, I'm really excited to go with the fives. Yeah. Um, definitely. Can you agree with that? I shot the three inch Magnum 20 gauge fours at geese and absolutely just crumpled them. Um, so for those of you that don't know, boss is copper coated bismuth, um, American made company and super, uh, super great guys and been over there. Um, or sorry, Brandon over there. Um, the owner is honestly, uh, he's like a super genius or something. So, um, definitely some awesome shells. Um, and this podcast is also brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Um, Elliot, go, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your Gunner, Gunner Kennel. It's absolute tank. I, I, you know, when I knew I was getting a Gunner Kennel, I was excited and, but it is indestructible. Um, I will say for those of you that are looking for a gunner, I ended up getting the largest size for Izzy and I wish I'd gotten the little smaller size cause they're just, they're so big and sturdy. Um, so I'd say if you're going to pick, if you're going to get your hunting dog one and your dog's, you know, like a lab or something, I would say the, the uh, medium is probably the kennel to go with. But as far as making sure that your dogs travels safely and is secure, you absolutely can't beat it. And one thing I love about it is it comes with a lock and key. So if like I'm running inside um, to go get something to eat somewhere and I got little Georgie in the kennel, I can just lock it tight and walk away and not even worry about it. Just amazing kennels. Yep. Five-star rotomoda crash test. Um, it is going to protect your dog and they have, uh, a bunch of um, you know examples of people who have had car accidents with the gunner kennel, and I used mine extensively this weekend on the Michigan early season tour hunt trips that I went on. Um, so three days of going out there to Michigan um, from camping to goose hunting to till hunting, and Chief rode the whole way in the gunner kennel, um, just sleeping like a baby. So definitely awesome. Um, this podcast is also brought to you by Motion Decoys, um, and it is the jerk decoy spreader system um that is getting all the raves and reviews from people out um hunting so um elliot and i will both be using that quite extensively this season um go ahead and, and give me your thoughts on that elliot well if you guys haven't seen it i i have if you don't watch my videos i can't stand jerk rigs in general because people are always getting tangled and everything but this jerk rig is it just takes it to the whole a whole different level it's got these little um clamps that you just walk it out there and set it right up it's not nearly as it's hassle-free for a jerk rig i mean i'm i'm sold on it and i 
<laughs> jerk rigs bug the crap out of me, but this is a hassle-free jerk rig, and it looks so much more realistic than your regular jerk rig. And you can get one that just sets four. You can get a double that I think does eight. And if you just go in, I, I, I dare you guys go and search it on Google and just watch videos of this thing. It looks phenomenal. <laughs> I have not used it yet, um, but man, it's I can't wait. Definitely has some really realistic and natural looking um motion you know that you don't typically see with a jerk string you know not all straight in one line but like you said it's spread out um and the, th the other cool thing about it is you can expand it and have multiple sections keep adding on to it to make a bigger kind of motion thing we've talked about this in the past you know you got to have motion especially on those windless days so this is something we're both going to be deploying for that and the other thing that's hassle free with it is um right now when you guys order with our coupon duck gun um you get 10 percent off and free shipping in the u.s and also they're sending the free anchor bag and that anchor bag the way that works is you can take it in there without any weight and add a rock or something like that you find along a bank um to give you your weight for your jerk system so super cool um and definitely glad to have um, those guys on as a partner as well um so next we have hgr and as many of you guys know um, I'm a big part of HDR over there, um, helping them out and working over there. So uh, definitely happy to have them on again as a partner. Um, and they are American made. And that's the number one I think of, number one thing I think of when I think of HDR, American made. Um, and that's kind of their motto over there. Um, but we got the HDR A frame, the Quack Pack, we got the Gun Stand, and Elliot's favorite, we got the Layout Pad, um, which the Quack Pack actually doubles as one of those, but great for the layout hunting. Um, and you, you got anything to add on the HDR there, Elliot? Well, you hit it right on the head. I am the, I'm probably the biggest fan in the world of that layout lounge. I'm telling you, <laughs> I put that thing, one thing that I hate about um, paddling in a kayak is when we've got the layout blinds on there, you take the seat out. So it's never really that comfortable. Um, either you're on your knees or it's just a pain in the butt. But that was one of the things I didn't realize when, when I was getting the layout lounge. You slip that thing in there and the paddling just becomes so easy. And you can, you can actually adjust it in your kayak. So you can sit all the way up tall, like when you're paddling or, or hunting teal. And then you can slide it down low to be a completely flat layout it is so comfortable i'm i'm my dad didn't he he um he's not really using that kayak anymore so i kind of inherited two of those layout lounges so <laughs> i love it awesome that's great um we're also brought to brought to you by um the grand prairie book by brent birch you want to go ahead and jump on that one elliot yeah, well, you know, if you guys are avid listeners to the podcast, you know we had Brent on and talked about his book, The Grand Prairie, which details the entire history of duck hunting in Arkansas. I've never personally hunted in, in Arkansas, but I can tell you I was fascinated by the book. Um, it was a great read. So I actually had Brent on my YouTube channel and did a little video with him, and we ended up partnering up because I think that anyone who's a duck hunter that's interested in, in Arkansas or just duck hunting should get this book. And so, um, you know, no other place on the planet is steeped in duck hunting tradition as the Grand Prairie region of Arkansas. To the people there, duck hunting is a way of life, not just a season. From the first rice crop grown in 1904 to the famed green timber, the book contains over 340 pages detailing the people, places, and events that earned the region the title, 
the duck hunting capital of the world. Spectacular photography accompanies engaging content written to educate readers on how the Grand Prairie came to be and has sustained the reputation for world-class mallard hunting. A must-have for the duck camp, the office, or your off-season duck hunting fix. Fans of freelance duck hunting and Fellowship of the Duck Guns can get free shipping by using the code FDHFDG19 at checkout for the month of September. Awesome. And he's a super interesting guy. And that book is, uh, um, like I said, we both have a copy of that and it's, it's awesome. Um, and super glad to have him on board as well. So, um, our last partner is last but not least is banded. Um, and you know, banded, everybody knows, knows about banded. So there's not a, a ton we can say that you don't already know, but, um, we're definitely fans of, of uh the banded gear and one thing in particular that i'm a fan of using this year is the um, 2.0 red zone waders um we both have been able to get out there and test them out um here in the early season uh but you know lightweight breathable um and they fit super well so i'm excited um to be using those all season what do you think elliot yeah the i'm i am so i've been planning on going to breathable waders and switching over but I've been a little bit worried about, you know, I go through waders fast. So I've been worried about that. And one thing I didn't realize about these um, Red Zone 2.0 is that they actually have two layers. So that and when the top layer is removable. So you have the base layer that's thin and breathe and breathable. And then you have a second pant layer that's a little reinforced with I'm not I'm not sure what the material is that goes down o- over the knees. It's almost like canvas. Yeah. But that that second layer goes right over there. Um, to protect it, and I'll tell you, everyone always looks. This is this is totally um, <laughs> vain on my part. But in neoprene waders, I always just felt like a complete loser. I mean, everyone, no one looks good in a set of neoprene later waders. But you get those banded things on, and they look cool. They actually look cool. So, you know, it's like I'm, I'll pop them on, and they're so comfortable. You can wear them like coveralls. I mean, you can put them on before you leave the house. Go into the gas station with them. I mean, it's just. It, it revolutionizes the game as far as I'm concerned oh, yeah. from wearing neoprene. Just just think about how many more subscribers you're going to get this season just from wearing uh, um, those breathable instead of having to wear neoprene all the time. <laughs> I know. I'm going to look so cool that everyone's just going to be like, this is the guy. And I will mention, too, it's not just Bandit. It's Bandit, Avery, and Green Aid gear. So we're going to be doing tons of reviews. Um, Jordan's already done a couple over over the decoys and um, what else did you do? You did it. I did, I did over the waiters. As you well. did the waiters. I'm going to be doing them as well. So could not be more thrilled to have banded Avery and uh, Greenhead gear on board with us. Awesome. So we really appreciate um, all you guys listening, tuning in, and um, you know. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, be sure to check out our partners. Um, It'll mean a lot to us. um, And definitely let them know um, that you heard about them here. And, um, you know, it definitely helps us to do more of what what we like to do and and create more of this content for you guys. Um, And really helps us keep the lights on, keep everything running over here at the Duck Gun Podcast. So uh, let's go ahead and jump back into the podcast. All right. Update number two. So I think the best way to do this is um, we'll just kind of split it. I'll go ahead and because you got one hunt to talk about, I got two hunts. Whoa, to talk whoa, about. whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, slow down there, oak nuts. <laughs> slow down. We're gonna jump right into that. Yeah, I knew that you were gonna try to somehow buzz past this, guys. Uh, so I wasn't gonna. <laughs> last week, as you guys know, Jordan publicly admitted that he has come down with the second case of poison ivy on his genitalia. 
and second times in what two months it's been longer than that man it was like i don't even know it's been like four months right and five well, <laughs> yeah yeah well it, it ha- yeah it's fairly as far as getting that to happen i'd say that's pretty close time frame together yeah so on fellowship of the duck guns i don't know who was it someone decided <laughs> it was ken i think ken yep. he, yeah uh, he decided to come up with a vote of Jordan's new nickname. And he's like, look, uh, Jordan needs a nickname. And since this particular uh, ailment has happened to him several times, we're going to put up a vote for what Jordan's new nickname is going to be. And uh, I immediately just died laughing. And of all you guys, if you've not been and seen this poll, guys, you have got to go Fellowship of the Duck Guns and check this out. Put your vote in there right now. And it actually said on there that I get to choose the name. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not. It said, that. yeah, it said it's a vote, but Greybeard gets to pick. That's <laughs> what it said. So uh, right now I'm going with Oak Nuts. Um, I think that's subject to change. I may decide to, you know, go with Red Balls a different time or I don't know. <laughs> I'll see how far I can play this out. You know, one thing about me is I'm extremely obsessive. So I could probably roll this out for quite a while. Yeah, it's probably going to stick. It's too bad I can't give a steroid shot to you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Get over there and vote, guys. And, and if you come up with a, a, a new nickname that's even better than that. Um, Unfortunately, it seems like Oak Nuts is the one that's sticking because I've had multiple people this week text me and call me Oak Nuts. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. We may yeah, anyways, yeah. Any, anything else you you know you want to hit on before we jump into the the hunts? Um, you know, normally we, we have a little bit of talk about how things are going, but I guess one thing we should mention before we talk about our previous hunts is we got the Kansas hunt rolling up, and man, I'm super pumped. Yeah, yeah, it's coming like real soon. We're going to be doing it soon. Yeah. Next yeah. podcast will probably be from there. I was a little bit more pumped till you gave me the scouting report about how there's no birds no, in Kansas. No, there's no reasons for concern. There's not as many birds there right now as what we would like to see. But we've got a front coming in Thursday that's going to take care of everything. So don't you if worry. If there's not a lot of birds, can I sky bust? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to jump on you and hold you down. But also, I'm not going to be chasing your birds. So <laughs> That's no. what I'm bringing Chief for. <laughs> I don't know. Can Chief do um, 300 yard retrieves through cattails? Yeah, well, I'm, I guess I don't sky bust that high because <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a, a duck go that far. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Last year I sailed one. I wasn't sky busting, but man, it was the hardest retrieve of my life through waist deep, um, smart, really, really thick smart weed, some of which was frozen. And luckily I ended up finding that thing, but man, it was the hardest retrieve of my life. Yeah, sometimes they can sail. If you keep watching, sometimes they'll sail and die two, 300 yards away. Yeah, we actually had, had had that happen on the field hunt for geese where we had a group come over top, and it was probably stretch, stretching for how far I normally like to shoot. Um, but they came in range, and we, we shot, um, I think, three of them down, but two were sailors, and they sailed about 200 yards. And you could see them sailing, and they just landed and died right yeah. where they sailed to. So. Um, a lot of times yeah. you'll see them, I'll see them flying and I can just, for whatever reason, I guess I've done it long enough. I can tell that they're going to die and they'll, they'll like die air Cause they'll be going, they'll go 150, 200, 250 yards. And it's like someone shot them again. They'll just all of a sudden, boom, just crumble hmm. and drop dead. 
it's really odd yeah. yeah i haven't seen that a lot that's that is pretty crazy honestly that's the the first time i can think of one other time and the whole time i've been hunting where i've had where they've sailed that far and we've retrieved them you know two or three hundred yards away yeah it was on geese again so maybe you know geese a little harder harder to knock down sometimes i think it probably happens to me two or three times a year where i see that yeah it's that stinking cylinder choke you're using <laughs> i don't know i lost two birds out of the, out of 110 so i'm sticking with that choke <laughs> just giving you a hard time <laughs> but yeah um but we're gonna be joined by ben from Falfront, so We'll definitely be doing some collaboration on podcasts with him as well as uh, going out in the hunts. And we're bringing our whole family. So you guys have, have heard us talk about this a few times for sure. But mm-hmm. um, we're all pumped. It's time to start thinking about packing up and getting everything in order. And and hopefully the you know um, year-and-a-half-old kid doesn't cry for 10 hours straight while we drive. <laughs> I can't wait to see her. She's such a sweetie. Beth's going to be all over her, hugging her. and. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, it's Fumbles, Golden um, Boy, uh, Oak golden. Nuts, Oak Nuts, uh, Little Benny Baby Boy, and Greybeard. <laughs> yeah. Ben does kind of have a baby face. <laughs> we got to come up with a, a name for a different name for you because everybody else has like one that's like, it's not endearing. It's like <laughs> we got one guy who can't hold on to stuff. Golden Boy actually is a, an endearing term. Yeah. And we got Baby Ben, um, Oak Nuts, <laughs> and we got Gray Bearder, or maybe uh, maybe like Rumpelstiltskin or something. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right name, Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> okay. that guy that, that um, like would... Was- do. You like went in the mountains and slept for a thousand years or yeah, something weird. They would like uh, weave gold and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, sounds like you. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's jump into the the um, <laughs> the hunts before everybody uh, tunes out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess the best way to do this is I'll start with my hunt, then we'll hit your hunt up in the middle, and then we'll finish with my second hunt. So, um, sound good? Sounds great. Yeah, we're gonna have to, you know, you have to get on a couple more hunts here, eventually. So next that, time uh, I'll be two. Hunts to <laughs> next time it'll be two. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. So let's jump into it. So my first hunt um, is what I'm calling for my series, the YouTube series. I'm calling it the Early Season Michigan Tour uh, because I'm going goose hunting, antel hunting, and kind of hitting up fields and marshes and all that. So the first time I went on, um, went out to Michigan and. Um, just went out for a goose hunt and was invited up there again by um, Kevin and Kevin. So two dudes from Michigan that follow along the the YouTube videos and um, they said they had a hay field filled with geese. And I'm like, heck yeah, man, I'm all in. So Are those the same guys you went out with the first weekend? Yep. Okay. Yep. So this one had a little bit of better um, outcome. But, you know, they had, you know, I don't know if it was 150, 200 geese in this hay field, but... Um, we got out there, set out full bodies and silhouettes, and we had this perfect little kind of point into the field where these trees were coming up. Um, and you saw the video, Elliot, right? Oh, the cover was fantastic. Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, it was these little tiny trees, and they're like small enough that we could break them and like get top cover, but we could like cut it out. So it was all natural vegetation. We just pushed right into it and put all the decoys out in front of us and um sure enough you know 
about I think it was probably about eight o'clock the geese started rolling in and I mean it was almost non-stop we just had geese to work and we had one group work in right away um and they maybe circled two or three times and they came in and they ended up decoying um I mean it was like 15 yards looking us right in the face I mean a couple had landed by the time the shot was called um but yeah I was able to uh pick up two with the first shot right there um so that was that was pretty awesome i don't know if i've ever collateraled with <laughs> with geese of all things you know um i was just aiming at the first one and another one snuck in behind it and you can see in the video where pull the trigger and they both just kind of somersault and land right there That's yeah i wasn't sure i actually replayed that when i was watching the video i couldn't quite tell i thought maybe you had done that but i couldn't quite tell so you shot two with that first shot yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's like I said, it's, it's sometimes it's super hard to tell, but I played it over and over and did step-by-step -step frame, and it looks like they just line up perfectly, and, and the one shot just busts them both. So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, but then after that, immediately after that, I just whiffed both shots. So, um, <laughs> I guess that's how it goes. That's still it's two just, for uh, three. Get, yeah, no, and it was getting back into the, the shooting rhythm. Um, I went and led the next goose... Um, I let them, like you'd lead a normal shot, I guess, or a, a shot where the bird's moving, but this goose was just coming off the ground, so it was kind of like pumping his wings and just barely going. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I missed the next two shots. But um, it was a pretty good day as far as that. We just had groups that just kept working in there after that. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, well, one thing I definitely want to hit up on was Chief and this is chief's first hunt where he got to retrieve from last season and you guys have been following along and you know how much time and work i put in with chief you know just almost every day for most of the off season we've been working on stuff and getting it rolling so um yeah what were your impressions of chief there his drive was phenomenal i thought i was now correct me if i'm wrong i, th I thought last year you told me that he hadn't been trained to retrieve doubles. Did you tell me that last year? Like he struggled to go out and get doubles, or was he doing doubles last year? Um, honestly, I don't remember what. what I, I was said, thinking but... when you came that he was struggling on doubles, but he did that first that first flock that came in, which was the cream of the crop, as far as I could tell. The one you're talking about when they all landed, he did a quadruple retrieve on that, and he obeyed you perfectly. His desire was insanely high. He just looked. He looked great. That right off the bat, I was like, yeah. "Wow, he's looking, he's looking phenomenal." <laughs> I was, yeah, I was honestly super impressed with him, and it was super weird. One thing about it, like, um, it, his drive has definitely gone up, and that was something I was trying to work on in the off season, which is something that's kind of hard to work on with a dog is drive. Um, but I'm super careful around that, like, as far as like I'm not an expert, so I've stayed away from the force fetch, and all the dog trainers are going to tell me, "Oh, that that doesn't affect." Um, drive and all that but if you do it wrong I'm sure it does and and so just being afraid to do that myself or nervous um you know I strayed away from that and a lot of things and just worked on a lot of power work and working up that drive but that first flock came in and when we shot them um and this is not necessarily a positive thing a lot of people don't like a dog that whines in the blind but chief was just I mean he was just livid I don't know how how to explain the noises he was making it was like super high-pitched wine really weird sounding wines yeah no I, I thought he was injured <laughs> i went up there and checked in the video you can go see i'm like oh, that's all right buddy like i thought maybe he got like tangled up in the blind or his foot went through like 
one of the holes or something or i don't know i thought he was hurt but um no he was fine he just he just missed goose hunting just as bad as me i guess because yeah. <laughs> as soon as those birds landed i mean he was just whining like crazy um but you know i released him and he ran out there and grabbed the first bird and this is the first time in two years that he's retrieved a goose out of the field and when he tried to do it when he was a one-year-old pup um actually it's like one and a half year old pup he couldn't pick them up he would just like drag them on the ground so this year he could pick them up just fine like no additional training i was super nervous about that honestly but he could pick them up and bring them back um we even had live ones he was bringing them back alive like all the way back and then i'd you know line them up for a line and tell them back and um, like you said his drive was awesome he was just running out there we did have a little trouble he was like so excited couldn't get him to whistle sit at one point um <laughs> but you know worked on that kind of mid-hunt but no that that was kind of the highlight for me honestly the the birds coming in in that group um we definitely had some other groups working pretty decent um shot some some where they're passing over us at really close distance like 10 yard passing shot um like i said they couldn't see us in that brush at all and they're just used to flying over it um and we lost a couple he found them in the brush really thick cover and was able to search them out and um you know chief was definitely the mvp of that hunt just with those retrieves and finding the the um lost geese he found a few that we wouldn't have found otherwise um but yeah just can't can't tell you how proud i was of chief to do on that hunt so probably he's going to come to hand kansas now and embarrass me but <laughs> <laughs> well but he, he did great yeah, on that hunt. He, he did great so did you end up with because you shot a double on a, on a different pass did you end up with four or five geese for yourself well, that's the thing, because every time you shoot, you don't know who else is hitting them. So I'm, I'm sure I hit, I think I hit five, or at least shot at five that died at the mm-hmm. same time I was shooting too, because we had that one that came right overhead, right after that first group, and someone else, um, actually one of the, I think both Kevins actually shot at it as well. And so um, I know more than one of us claimed, I didn't actually claim it, someone else did, but I, I think I hit that one as well. Um, and then on that passing shot, there's just three that died where you said I shot the double and who knows someone else could have hit him as well I, I just don't want to be like a bird claimer and say oh I I shot my limit a five out of 12 so just, yeah so I think on those you haven't logged on hunt stats on those no I got it wrote out on paper I need to get over there and well <laughs> the way I the way I do it then I would count that as four because you're basically saying you know you shot three by yourself and there's two that are in question so you take splits on both those two and and give yourself four that that's what I would do. Gotcha. So which which kind of which kind of becomes odd sometimes because so like if I'm if you and I are hunting and we split on the first one we each count that as one bird for our records. If we split on the second one then we're still we have two ducks and we're still only at one bird. <laughs> so that's how we do it. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'll definitely go over there and add that stuff as well. Um, on on the hunt stats that's something. Uh, that we should hit on for sure, but we're going to be keeping track of our FDH stats all season long. Just really cool to look back on um, and get those logged, <laughs> keeping track of shooting percentage and weather and all that good stuff. Yep, yep. I mine was very quick log, man. I logged mine in about two seconds. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good for you. So if it's picking up, people are starting to join, um, starting to get some new memberships come in with the freelance hunt stats so i'd say it's going well i can't wait to actually get some success in there yeah no that's it's uh really exciting to get the successful hunts in and actually i was excited excited to get those in there just 
with content and all that getting that pushed out this week it kind of got pushed to the wayside but um <laughs> well I was, when, yeah. I, when i was out hunting i wanted you to do well so bad because you've just <laughs> been on this stupid cold streak and you need something to break it out and i i was thinking um it was midway through my hunt and i told i got a text from you did well and i told phil i was like you know this is weird but i think i would have preferred jordan to do well today than to me <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate that so, yeah, you just needed a breakout man <laughs> yeah i just needed something you know um yeah i just didn't want to have it like last season where it was just a terrible start to everything so um this season you know we did have the skunks the first two of the season but after that it's kind of been you know 12 is a pretty good hunt um i'll take that any day of the week um but yeah and we got some on the till hunt too so um but before we jump to that let's get, let's go ahead and talk about your missouri trip or your missouri hunt yeah so this is only my third hunt ever in missouri and i have yet to kill a bird in missouri <laughs> so i'm well i I'll take that back um two hunts because one was a youth hunt where i wasn't even shooting so i've actually been on two hunts in which i had a loaded weapon myself but i had a i had a really really enjoyable time so um i met this guy it's kind of a weird way that i met him because um he was a he was a fan of um, freelance duck hunting youtube videos and i didn't know him and it just so turned out that our wives knew each other and i live right on the border real close to missouri so (laughs) um his wife and him were watching the videos and his wife recognized me from seeing my picture on facebook because she's friends with my wife so she called my wife and she's like, did your, did your husband do uh, waterfowl videos? <laughs> and, and so he had been a fan and had been watching and everything. So we ended up going out to eat dinner and everything. And, and he became a, a steady contributor to Fellowship of the Duck Guns with the, with his posts and everything. And, and See, I thought that he looked familiar and his decoys looked familiar from your video. Yeah, yeah. He, he posts. So that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the okay, guy. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's a uh, duck decoy carver. Um, and actually he, he doesn't carve them for selling them. He doesn't carve them for sitting on a mantle, which I think this is the coolest thing in the world. If I was a carver, this is what I would do. He, he carves them to actually hunt over them. And so he's got about 30 huntable decoys that he uses, um, during big duck season, excuse me. So we got connected and everything. And, and, um, about three weeks ago, he was sending, posting pictures of some spots he had with teal on it and everything. And, and he ended up inviting me. So um, there was there was actually Teal using this spot three weeks ago, or maybe it was four weeks ago. Then we had a bunch of rain come in. The water levels went way up, and um, really good habitat went to not so good habitat. So we scouted it the week mm. before, and there was we didn't see a single Teal the week before um, the hunt. So I was not – in fact, I publicly predicted a skunk on the hunt. I was like, I, it's going to be a skunker gonna be a skunker um <laughs> that's really unfortunate i was hoping you'd do well as, as well just going out there because you know last week you're thinking you're saying you're thinking about not getting the license and just filming it and i'm like get the license get the license you're gonna regret it yeah <laughs> and then you get the skunk <laughs> well it was only 11 dollars, so i bought my, my missouri stuff but then a one day is 11 dollars, so it's 80 dollars for the whole year so if i go on seven hunts and i just buy in one day i'll still save three dollars and there's no way that i'm gonna hunt more than I'm not going to hunt eight times in Missouri this year. I really doubt it. So if I just do my best way is just to do that each day, 11 bucks per day and just do it that way. Now that I got my stamp. That's crazy, man. I feel like $11 for a license to hunt waterfowl is unheard of, man. Per day. Yeah. Like it's high. No, no, no. The opposite. Like for me to get like a Michigan license is like, 
it was like just the base license. I had to buy a base license. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess for the year, base license like one hundred fifty dollars. I was like just wow. shy of two hundred by the end of buying the Michigan stuff. <laughs> wow, I better I better check my licenses and make sure I had everything I needed <laughs> because it sounded a little like I only paid seventeen dollars, and I better double check and make sure I purchased like everything. A resident I, license or something? I don't know. I, I need to go back and double check and make sure I had everything because I'm like I paid seventeen dollars. There's no way that's the right amount <laughs> but no it's just i'm sure it is because not because the because the, i was thinking the hunting license was 11 per day and then i bought to the stamp so yeah i got everything i needed so yeah okay it would have nice. been it would have been just around 100 for the whole year um 17 okay. for the one day and then 11 days on yeah i got scared for a second that i was like <laughs> had got yourself because i was thinking well i got a stamp and i got yeah but no i i, I got i paid everything so I'll probably be back there. Um, but I, one thing I've been talking to um, some people about and about how making videos in this four years of FDH has regressed me on the stages of hunting. I'm not going to go through all the stages of hunting, but essentially at the beginning, you just want to shoot your gun. Then you want to fill limits. Then you want to get trophies. Then you just are there for the experience. And then you mentor. Um, those are kind of the stages. And I feel like um, before I started filming FDH, I was in um, just enjoying the experience. I mean, we I just didn't worry about what we were, how we were doing. I was just strictly out there to enjoy it. Now, that being said, I still really, really wanted to shoot birds. And if I went through a four or five, six hunt time in which we weren't shooting them, then I would certainly start getting annoyed and upset about it. I'm talking about hunt by hunt could I go on a hunt or two in a row where we weren't doing very well and still thoroughly enjoy the event, right? <coughs> Excuse me. And through filming FDH, um, I started to become a lot more pressurized to have success, and um, especially after the first two seasons were so bad. And so I felt myself kind of regressing on the scale of like needing to do well, needing to shoot limits, needing to shoot limits. So I've just I decided before this hunt, Actually, I decided it on the hunt because we got out there, we put our kayaks on, we portaged them, we were going down this little creek, the stars were everywhere, and I was just thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I am going to enjoy every single second of being out here and hunting, and I'm not even going to care, worry about whether we shoot them or not. Um, and I fully succeeded. I had an absolutely wonderful time with Phil talking about his carving drinking coffee under the stars. I mean, we just had a phenomenal time and not shooting um, a bird really didn't affect it. And that that's what I wanted. I, I don't want to make sure that I'm recapturing that in myself, that I'm not, the last thing I want to be is a kill dependent hunter, where if I don't kill something that I'm not happy. Obviously, if we had shot a limit, it would be more fun. And I mean, if we go out with you and coming in town and we don't do well this weekend, I'm sure I will be disappointed. Um, because you know i want it to be successful and everything but i i certainly want to be to the point where i can go on a hunt not do well and thoroughly enjoy it um yeah and and so i did that i accomplished that goal <clears throat> yeah that's great yeah so we you know we did we had some wood ducks decoy right in which was fun we had a goose fly right over our heads we could have killed that was fun um we had some coffee we ended up exploring that area and i don't know if you saw the picture that i posted on um the flyway collectives message message group we found this little hidden timber hole out there that's that um it's hard to get to 
and it's a phenomenal looking little place. So I said the day was a success. It was fun. Yeah, no, it looked like a, you know, a a perfect place to be out there and hunting. And it's always cool to explore new places. I think, you know, that's one of the kind of under talked about things in duck hunting that, you know, going out in places that you wouldn't go out to otherwise and exploring, um, you know, it's, it sounds kind of weird, but like that's something you did a lot as a kid, or at least I did going mm-hmm. out in the woods and exploring and finding new places. And even now, um, but having like the added benefit of like, Oh, are ducks going to be able to come in this spot or ducks going to be attracted to this spot. And you're just going out and exploring and looking at the habitat and just, it's like that picture you posted. You're like a, a perfect little honey hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, it's awesome to explore those places and it even makes it better. Um, when it ends up holding ducks in season. <laughs> yeah, and you're just daydreaming about mallards coming over the trees and just like coming yeah. straight down it. And you yeah, just you see like the look potential. around in a circle and yeah. you're like, oh yeah, we could hide here. Let's set the decoys there. Yeah. The birds would drop in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did we did a lot of that. And with Phil, when next time we didn't use his carved decoys because he doesn't have a full set of, of teal decoys. But um, he and I are definitely going to go on a hunt this year where we're just hunting strictly over his carved decoys and. Man, I can't even. That is going to be super cool. Yep. No, that that sounds awesome. So I'll I'll be looking forward to that one as well. So, um, yeah, I think that that brings us to uh, the next hunt in there. Unless you got anything else to add? Nope. That that was my day. Alrighty. <laughs> um. Well, next next part. I guess you know before I talk about the next hunt. So I actually did. Before one of the, after I got done with the goose hunt, this is how I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna talk about this. So, um, after I got done with the goose hunt, and uh, Elliot, you already know this, but <laughs> otherwise, I'd say you're gonna love it, but you you already know what happened. And, <laughs> um, but I went out to explore and hunt scout. I was, actually was planning to do like an afternoon hunt scout um, at a till spot. There's this marsh I was told about. I actually did some internet research and. And figured out all out how to to get on there and go in there but you know going out there solo just me and chief out in the canoe and we get done with the goose hunt. i'm camping up there in michigan i drove another two and a half hours north from where i goose hunted and this this whole michigan early season tour weekend honestly was a ton of fun just because it's like i said it was just like the exploring aspect or going going to places never been and um I don't know. It was just, you know, kind of crazy, you know, to do that kind of stuff where you're just going and you don't really have like a set in stone plan, but we got done early enough in the goose hunt. I'm like, man, I'm going to go check out this marsh and maybe even check out another one, um, just to kind of scout for, you know, future reference and check it out. But we go out to this marsh and we're just canoeing along and, and just exploring. I paddled for an hour. Like I paddled way out to the back of this thing, going through these bogs that like weaved in and out and get to the other side and the whole time i'm like flushing up ducks and i flush up like a few mallards like no joke at like 10 yards from me just sitting on the dirt um or the mud whatever you want to say but um but yeah just getting out there and so finally i I find a a spot that i'm I'm thinking that would be great to set up and hunt um and so i'm gonna back up into this bog there's like this little cutout and so i start pushing the canoe in there to set up in the bog um and, and I give it a shot a couple of times trying to, to get out of the canoe and, you know, put a foot on one side, but it's just like muck and it goes forever. Like there's no bottom. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, pretty scary, honestly, you're like, 
I don't know. You've you've definitely been in places like that where it's like it's got a bottom, but like it might as well be a thousand feet deep because you're not going to be able to stand on it. So these bogs, though, that were floating in, and I don't have very much experience with bogs either, but um, you'd like try to put some pressure on it. They just crumple away. And I had Chief jump on it and he just broke through it. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely not going to fit through it. So I try to like just push the canoe up in it. And set up that way. Um, so hold on, let, let to- me make sure because we don't have bogs in Kansas here. But here's my understanding of it: you've got water under, and you get debris that comes together and floats above the water, but it looks looks solid, but it's actually not. Is that yeah, is that correct? Well, it's it almost is solid. Like a lot of times, from what I've heard, and I've ne- I don't have very much experience with them either. But you can like get on them and hunt on them. But it just it's it's like you said it's like a floating island of dirt and like even weeds will grow on it. Like I had tall grass on. It. I thought it was an island, but I got up there and it was a bog. And you talk to other people and they talked about bogs hunting from bogs. But I've never done anything like that. And I, I feel like I just said the word bog fifteen times. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So I didn't feel secure getting on the bog because I felt like I could just bust through at any point and then be standing on like muck that would be bottomless and then just break a more break away more of the bog as I tried to get back on it. So I ended up trying to stay in the canoe, which wasn't my first option. Um, I was hoping I could get out there and set up the mow march and then be in the canoe by myself, but me and chief both in it. And so I'm pushing it up onto this bog, like, or back into it, trying to get it so I could hide. And, you know, I was getting kind of pretty close to where I, th- I thought I'd be good. I literally, while I was doing that, had two ducks land like at 10 yards from me. So I'm like, I'm in the right place. Was they teal? But anyway, um, no, there were wood ducks, but. <laughs> Can you shoot? Was it only teal season up there? I think? It's just teal oh, up okay, there. Okay. I definitely saw some teal though while I was paddling <clears throat> around. Um, and the person I'd talked to about, about this had limited out an opening day. So two man limit. So there's definitely teal in the area. It was, it was a good little spot. But, um, but yeah, I went to go on that bog and all of a sudden one side of my canoe just broke through the bog (laughs) and so it was like you can see in the video like i'm wearing the gopro and so like my canoe just the left side of it just breaks through the bog and it's like all my weight all of a sudden you know on that left side and then both me and chief are leaning that way and water starts rushing into the canoe it actually like the water kind of exploded up as like the canoe hit um but it filled up the canoe and i was able to ride us um, before we were completely submerged, but, um, yeah, we, we had like three inches of water in the bottom of the canoe and nowhere for me to get out and empty it. And I'm an hour paddled in. So it was honestly a little bit of a bad situation. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. I, did, I haven't watched the video yet. I, I'm going to watch it tonight. I can't wait to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, in the process though, my vlog camera which I was getting ready to film something. I literally just had set it down while I was trying to, you know, set up and do like, you know, the intro from the the spot and all that kind of stuff. But it got drenched, you know, pretty much it was on the edge where the water all rushed in. So it just rushed in over top of it and covered it and it just was completely done. So I ended up losing some of my like footage from that as well. Um, And the camera just won't turn on and it's done. So I lost my vlog camera to that. But um yeah so at that point i'm like you know what like i'm an hour in here it's going to take even longer to paddle back i'm not going to wait till after dark i just need to go back now um because i even at that point i'm like i don't even know if i remember how to get back (laughs) oh man so yeah i just left right then and i made it all the way back but it was like it was literally like canoeing a bathtub because it was just full of water and all of us and like i had like an inch clearance 
uh, from the, the top of the canoe to the water. So it's like if Chief moved like a muscle, I was like all tense because, you know, I didn't want to go one way or the other and start taking on water again. So, but yeah, that's probably a good example of why you don't hunt by yourself or be careful when you're hunting by yourself. Yeah, I'd say be careful. I'm certainly going to hunt yeah. by myself, but I am too. You got to be careful. It's fun hunting yeah. by yourself. <laughs> yep. So that kind of put a little bit of a damper on it because, you know, I, I lost my camera, um, <laughs> my gear, a lot of my gear, my gloves, my coat, everything got soaked. Um, and I'm not going home. It's not like I can, you know, change it out for dry gear. I'm going back to campsite and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, that pretty much is the end of that day. And go back to the campsite. Really couldn't even dry out my stuff that well. But um, me and Chief camped um right there is like by a river had actually a pretty cool campsite just backed up my truck to a, a tree and hooked up the hammock i'm a big fan of hammocks i know you've never tried one elliot but you need to someday. no i have i have now okay yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. slept in one on the kansas river and loved it absolutely loved yeah, it. yeah i told you yeah there's like it's like sleeping in a lazy boy yeah you're totally right loved it i love it so yeah if you guys haven't tried hammocks like seriously like this isn't the nineties anymore. You don't need a Coleman pop-up tent. I didn't think I would get comfortable in them. I didn't think I would be comfortable, but I was. So everybody is so skeptical of hammocks and I don't know why, but like, I won't camp any other way. Like it's 30 degrees out. I'd rather be in a hammock than in a tent. And like Hunter was the same way. Um, when we went on our steelhead trip this spring and he slept on the ground and he was way colder than I was. And I was up in a hammock, uh, wrapped in a blanket it's just awesome <laughs> well the ground will just sucks the cold the warmth right out of your body yeah, if you don't exactly have a, if you don't have a ground in fact all those sleeping bags when they say they're zero degrees or 30 degrees that isn't that's a rating assuming you're gonna have a ground mat yeah if you don't have a ground mat i don't care what you know if you have a zero degree on a 20 degree night and you don't have a ground mat you're gonna be cold is that that ground just sucks it right out of you yeah the only thing i would say that i haven't done is like on a super windy night like if your tent kind of breaks the the wind compared mm-hmm. to a hammock mm-hmm. and then a sleeping bag if you don't have something that breaks the wind yeah but um yeah no i love my hammock camping so was able to do that actually the first time i ever camped over a duck hunt so um that was awesome um and ryan actually came out to the campsite and met me he's the guy who invited me out there to teal hunt with him um so that was cool sat around the fire and uh just chatted about michigan and duck hunting and fishing so um that was great but then we headed out to another it was actually a really big marsh one of the biggest marshes i've ever uh been to um all public land it was pretty sweet we were the only group out there too um but yeah we just went out there first thing in the morning kayaks canoes uh jet sleds and just pulling everything and we, we made a pretty good trek across the marsh to um uh get on this little island and set up and man you know, as the morning kind of woke up, there's just birds everywhere. We had flocks of mallards cupping into the decoys. We had flocks of gadwall cupping into the decoys. I mean, like 10 to 15. Wow. Dude, a couple times. And even calling, and they'd circle back and come right in. Nice. Um, we had we had wood duck in the decoys at first light. We had teal in it. And the thing about Michigan is different than Kansas. Um, but you can't shoot till <laughs> 30 minutes after um or well sunrise actual sunrise instead of 30 minutes before yeah so i hate that law it's like the same in missouri we would have we would have killed one to a teal on that one hunt if uh, they didn't have that stupid law yeah we would have too but honestly i think it's good for like newer guys because there was a few i couldn't tell which you just don't shoot if you can't tell but um but we definitely could have killed um at least one or two at first light 
you know, before that, that came around before shooting light came around. Um, but you know, kind of at the end of it there, we had birds working it all day, wood decks everywhere. Um, groups of mallards. Like it was just, I mean, there really was a show like a waterfowl show for us, which is awesome. The only thing lacking <laughs> was the teal though. So did you get video of these other ducks? Um, yeah, I did get some, but I didn't have my, my big camera to point at anything. Um, which kind of stinks. And then, um, so I, I did some cell phone footage, but, um, and I got some GoPro working in and, and I haven't seen how good yet. Cause I haven't been able to jump on the editing. This is the third video from the trip. So hopefully I get that one going and it might be out by the time this is, um, on iTunes, but it's not out right now. So yeah, no, it was great. Um, but we did eventually have a couple till work in and busted those. So, and then we had one shot at a goose and it, it kind of flared cause, uh, Ryan was out of the blind. I can't remember who's, I think it was about to do a lap and we had a, a solo goose work in. Um, but yeah, no, just a ton of fun. And at the end of the video, I, you know, I, I just said something and I'll kind of reiterate it now, but I just felt, you know, super blessed to be able to go and do trips like these and go out there and yeah, I didn't slay till, um, on the second hunt and I had a bad kind of experience going out there in the layout boat. Um, <laughs> with almost you know losing my gear and all that kind of stuff but it was just super fun honestly to go on this adventure you know drive up north into michigan and you know making these connections we've made just through doing podcasts and youtube stuff um or otherwise you know this trip kind of wouldn't have been possible but it's just like you know in the current situation situation i am now it's like to be able to do something like that where i can go out solo just meet up with different people and make this little michigan early season tour um, it was just really cool, honestly, at the end of the day to do that. So that's kind of my takeaway from the whole trip. Yeah. So what, you got four hunts under your belt now. <laughs> well, if you, yeah, cause you don't, yeah. You don't I guess them. I won't count the one where the, the canoe sunk. <laughs> no, our rule is if you have to have a gun loaded sitting for 45 minutes for it to be a hunt, that's, okay. we got rules for everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that one wasn't, a hunt, so. that's our rule. <laughs> So got skunked in the first two. This this week I didn't get skunked at all this weekend. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, my friend, it won't be long until we are hanging out and on some birds. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely pumped about going to Kansas and, um, you know, like you said, zero percent chance of getting skunked, right? Yeah, I mean, I would. It's never zero percent, but I mean, if. <laughs> Pretty much is. It's the lowest percentage you can imagine. I would. I would think. <laughs> well, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I, I super super awesome to go out there, and really appreciate you inviting me to come out there and hunt Kansas with you. I think I said this last week too, but it's almost like full circle. You know, one of the things early season I've always done is watch the freelance till hunt videos while I'm sitting in Indiana, just wondering what to do, twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> and this year, you know, I'll get to uh, join the FDH crew and. Um, you know, be an unofficial member for the the weekend and yeah, <laughs> definitely pumped. Well, about and that. the cool thing about it is you just, this is authentic Kansas where, where, you know, when you came to my house before, it's kind of like a hybrid between Kansas and Missouri, you know? Um, but you are going into the heart of Kansas where I grew up learning how to duck hunt. Yeah, this is like home to me. Prairie marshes and hills where you can see off, you know, hundreds of miles off into the distance. So this is, I'm really excited just to tour, give you a tour of the whole complex and sit on that lodge and, 
and have a drink and look out over the refuge and ah man i i, I just can't, can't even wait man i just cannot wait yeah no it's gonna be great so I, I can't wait as well and bring our wives and everything we've talked about this a ton but like man i, I don't know just st- again stuff like this that's just made possible by you know we just met doing the podcast and youtube stuff and here we are like uh um you know now you're one of my best buds and um coming out to hang out for the weekend and hunt and you know <laughs> It's just going to be awesome. And you'll so, get to meet Georgie. Yeah, I get to meet the dog and bring Chief, and hopefully this one doesn't bite Chief. <laughs> I don't think Georgie, Georgie will cower. <laughs> Chief, Chief better 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 mind himself with Georgie. He's actually – so I, th- I don't know if I told you this from the, the – actually, the last weekend, um, the guy brought a new dog, and it was like a one-year-old pup. Um, and it was like reverse rules because Chief was the one getting chased around and, <laughs> and, and sniffed. And he's like, what is going on? And it was just, I just had a laugh and smile because um, I've seen him in the past. And it's like, just like the, there's, it feels like there's a big difference in him from this year to last year, like his maturity level, um, which is weird to say about a dog. But, you know, this is my first time going through the stages with a dog. Mm-hmm. And he's just almost like a different dog this year. Yeah. So cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you're gonna have to help me do a 10 minute retrieve session with Georgie. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, you can I'll throw the bu- you can be the bumper thrower. <laughs> I, All right, I'm moving into that transition from me throwing it, you know, to having someone else go off in a distance yeah. to work on our marketing stuff. So that would be really fun if you'd do that with me. Awesome. Hey, are are the dogs gonna stay at? Um, where do they stay at? Dog friendly, <laughs> and it's a dog friendly place. Okay, cool. Awesome. But you know, have the kennel there so that if you know, yeah, no, I if the dogs are running wild, then we can put them away when we want to be chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, before we wrap this up, unless you got anything else to add, nope. Um. Well, before we wrap this up, make sure you guys to check out um, Titus from Mid Valley Mercenary, um, the MVM show. He is our brother podcast over there. Um, putting out some great content all the time um, and they just actually put a podcast this week him and Matt from High Prairie Sportsman they had the first official Flyways Collective um, collab and then Elliot and I's or Elliot and mine will be the second official Flyways Collective collab which kind of leads me into the second thing make sure to check out all the guys from the Flyway it's uh, me Duck Gun Chronicles Elliot Freelance Duck Hunting uh, Thomas Virginia Outdoors Unlimited Matt from High Prairie Sportsman um, Titus from Mid Valley Mercenary and Josh from Outdoor Limits. Um, that is the Flyways Collective. Um, right now, we're super overweighted in the Central Flyway. It's like they get a bunch of ducks or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, and also, also make sure to jump over and give us a review. We're still doing the giveaway for um, the barrel stickers. I think we've been forgetting to mention that here recently, but we uh, we still got some left. So. Um, be able to or be sure to drop us the five star send me an email at duck and chronicles and i'll send a barrel sticker your way we love seeing the photos um, that you guys are putting up and sending to us of you guys rocking that um and also last last thing i'm gonna um mention to you guys is um we got hats up on the flyway collective website um you know so if you want to support the podcast we got some duck gun hats up there as well um so we appreciate it Alrighty, Elliot, any last words? Nope. Alrighty. This is all we got for this week, guys. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.